You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in on a Tuesday edition of the podcast. A lot to get to like usual. Zach Wilson making headlines yesterday, announcing that he has had COVID-19. I think more additionally, it actually let us know exactly what happened that led to him having the virus. We'll talk about that, let you hear from him, what he has to make of the situation, what he makes of getting ready for Troy this weekend. Also get you some of the thoughts from Kalani Satake during his weekly media availability yesterday. And as well, we'll catch up on everything going on in BYU sports news. Former BYU star Ziggy Ansaw has a new team in the NFL. Need to run down how former Cougars and the pros did in week two of the season. And Kyle Collinsworth also has a new place he will be playing this coming season as well on the basketball front. So a lot to get to on a packed edition of the podcast. It is all brought to you today by our good friends over at Rock Auto and rockauto.com. We'll tell you a little bit more about them as today's show rolls on. All right, with that rundown out of the way, let's get to it here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for September 22nd, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. If you haven't done so already or just finding this podcast or you dip in and out, make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button so you never miss an episode as we talk BYU sports every day. We aim to be your one-stop shop for all the BYU sports news you need to know about each and every day, as well as passing along insider tidbits you will not find any anywhere else. So big thank you once again for taking the time to download the podcast. Starting off today's show with the big headlines out of BYU media availability yesterday, and that is that Zach Wilson was, uh, should we say, frank about uh, how he contracted COVID-19, kind of let us in on when he caught it, etc. So first off, Let's let you hear exactly when he announced that he got, had had COVID-19 and what his situation is now currently looking ahead. I'm technically exempt right now because I already I already had it back, you know, whatever. So I'm in my 90 days still. So um, I'm exempt until the LaTeX game. So Zach Wilson, his 90-day window, which is the current situation with NCAA, is that once you have tested positive for COVID-19, you're considered exempt for 90 days. Doesn't mean you're not tested. And BYU Sports Information was very quick to clarify. They called us at the Zone Sports Network to clarify that Zach Wilson is still undergoing testing at least three times a week. He's having to wear a mask around his teammates, all that type of stuff. He doesn't get a free pass, essentially, to go do whatever he wants to do. I think the biggest thing coming out of this is that he contracted the virus earlier on this summer. It actually goes in line with exactly how I understood things went talking with multiple sources and honestly the best source on this some of you may have seen this some of you may have not but let's pull back the curtain a little bit Lisa Wilson of course Zach Wilson's mom uh, BYU super fan no doubt but she is a big time uh, supporter of her son earlier this summer on Instagram she is very active on the social media platform and during one of her Instagram stories at midsummer she talked about COVID-19 and she made the statement similar something to the effect of my sons have had COVID-19 and their friends have had it too. It's nothing to be worried about. They're all good and they're back to working out and practicing. 
I would reckon uh, my recollection of this happening in maybe late July to early August. I don't know the exact date. Obviously, Instagram stories disappear after 24 hours. They're similar to Snapchat, those type of things. But she made that statement, and it went in line with what I had heard. So if you do the math backwards, Zach Wilson saying that after Louisiana Tech, which is October 2nd, you go back 90 days, that puts his positive test somewhere in the realm of early July. That goes in line with what I had heard about this situation with BYU. And conveniently, right around that same time, obviously there were concerns that BYU might not be playing a season. Of course, it was a summer where we went back and forth. Are are they going to play? Are they not going to play? Are they going to play? It went back and forth all summer long. At that point, though, it looked like things were not looking good for BYU. And then the Cougars decided, you know what? We're going to take our annual July off and have coaches go on vacation, etc., it just so happens that conveniently there was an outbreak of COVID-19 on the team that didn't go reported or was rumored, but wasn't actually reported by the media during that same time frame. Zach Wilson confirmed that yesterday with those comments saying that his 90-day window is up in early October. You do the math backwards, takes us to early July, lines right up with everything I was told about this. Now, you're wondering, if you haven't heard already, how in the world did Zach Wilson catch COVID-19? Well, let him fill you in. I think I got it from me and some of my buddies having a bunch of the football guys over and we were just having a little gambling night, you know, having some fun and somehow a bunch of us got it. You know, honestly, for me and the other guys that had it, it was just it was just like a cold, you know, minor symptoms and tired, fatigued, all that kind of stuff. You know, so for us, it, it was nothing crazy. You know, it was four days and we were, we were ready to go again. So it was, it was not bad. A gambling party. The horror. Why would they be doing such a thing? Come on, people. Grow up. Get over it. It's not against the honor code explicitly. Trust me, I went to BYU. I've read the honor code multiple times during my time at BYU and many times since, of course, covering the Cougars, etc. So here's the situation. His teammates, they had a party. I think it was a great idea. And to be honest with you, any of you who think you wouldn't have done something similar... Guess what? I've got some shoreline uh, property in Alaska I'd like to sell you. Beachfront property, I guess they say, in Alaska I'd like to sell you guys. These guys were trying to have fun, have some team unity, some team bonding. Decided, you know what? We're going to have a Vegas night, a gambling night. Play some poker. Play for quote-unquote Skittles, if you will. And they're having a good time. Unfortunately, somebody at that party, I would assume a teammate, because it sounds like it was mainly players at this party, had COVID-19 and passed it along to his teammates. The good news is, is of course, it has a happy ending because Zach Wilson said he and his teammates had relatively mild symptoms, uh, symptoms similar to a mild cold. He said about four days he was good to go along with his teammates and everything was good to go. That is the good news coming out of this is that BYU players, there weren't uh, a serious uh, case of COVID-19 where something really affected a person's health and that's the good news obviously COVID-19 is still a very dangerous virus don't get go don't misconstrue my words on today's podcast if you are of at risk I would encourage you guys socially distance wear your mask do all the things you need to to take the necessary precautions but the good news in terms of this situation is Zach Wilson laid it out for the media yesterday 
I know that BYU sports information is probably less than enthused, as is probably the BYU coaching staff having their star quarterback lay out exactly what happened with regards to that outbreak midsummer. But hey, the details are out there, and I actually appreciate a guy like Zach Wilson controlling the narrative. Too often, uh, these student-athletes have sports information, coaches, etc., control the narrative for them. I actually respect when a young man says, you know what, I'm just going to lay it out there, explain exactly what happened, and move on with it. That's the simple truth of the matter is I appreciate Zach Wilson, you know what, saying, okay, here's what happened. I'm good. We're good. We're moving forward here. We're getting ready for the game. Obviously, Zach, during his media session, uh, the rest of it, you can listen to it all at 1280thezone.com if you want to go listen to it there. He mentioned the fact that he's looking to move apartments. Obviously, he has teammates probably in quarantine. Most of the team at BYU probably has somebody in most of their apartments that tested positive or they have contact tracing, which is making it necessary for them to socially distance and uh, obviously quarantine. But I think that the Cougars are on track to play this game on Saturday. Ed Lamb, during coordinator's corner yesterday, the BYU assistant head coach, said that if a player tests positive, it's a 10-day window of non-participation before they're cleared to go. Contact tracing, though, 14 days. It's a full two weeks. Obviously, the numbers for BYU going into this Troy game, I think, will uh, be interesting to kind of see what fluctuates and see which guys show up on game day on Saturday night, etc. It sounds like, and we'll hear from Kalani Satake more on this in just a little bit, but it sounds like the Cougars are on track to have most of their team, if not all of them, cleared for this game. I don't know when the 14-day windows opened up and closed and the 10-day windows in terms of positive tests. I don't know when those open up and close, but the good news is it sounds like everything's moving forward. And you know what? If you want to bag on a kid like Zach Wilson, that's your prerogative. But I actually appreciate him laying it out there, controlling the narrative, and explaining exactly what happened. It actually takes a lot of guts for him to t- do that because a lot of guys would have you know, clammed up, said, we're not ever talking about this again. But I appreciate him laying it out there. And to be honest with you, Lisa Wilson broke the news earlier this summer if you were paying attention. So... There's always people breaking the news out there, whether they want to or not. And Lisa Wilson, in this case, did so unknowingly, or did she knowingly do it? Who knows? All right, coming up here in just a second, like I said, we'll hear more from Kalani Satake, let you know what he had to say during his media session yesterday about contact tracing, the controlling the controllables for BYU as they get ready for Troy this coming weekend. So a lot still to come on today's podcast. Today's show is brought to you in part, though, by our good friends at rockauto.com. What I want to tell you guys about Rock Auto today is they are a 20-year-old company online that's been serving auto parts customers for over two decades. They want to be the one-stop shop for all the parts your car, truck, or SUV will ever need and get them at a fantastic price. The best part about it all is all those parts you may order from rockauto.com will come directly to your door. They want to make it as easy as possible to take care of your vehicle because most of us rely on our vehicles. I have a daily drive that gets me to and from work. I've had it for six years now. It's starting to show some signs of wear and tear after all that driving. The best part about this is I can go to rockauto.com, look up all the manufacturers for all the parts parts on my vehicle and order the right one for me. It's completely customizable, and this is similar for you guys. You can search by price, by specification. If you have a certain manufacturer you like for your vehicle, they've got all of it at rockauto.com. Go to rockauto.com right now. Check it out, guys. Search out your vehicle, the model number, the year, etc. They'll have all those parts for you guys. Gone are the days of having to rely on your local auto parts store. They may have the part or maybe not, or maybe just have a couple of options. Every option under the sun is available to you guys at rockauto.com. Once again, make sure to mention 
mentioned Locked On in the How Did You Hear About Us box when you stop by. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all of the parts your car, truck, or SUV will ever need. Check them out now at rockauto.com. Let's take a minute here and catch you up on some of the highlights from Kalani Satake's weekly press conference yesterday. Of course, he speaks to the media every Monday ahead of the Cougars' next game. Last week, it was canceled due to the Army game, so this is the first chance we had as the media to speak with Kalani about the situation with the positive test with COVID-19 obviously preparing for Troy this coming Saturday. The first thing I wanted to hit on today is that the biggest hurdle for BYU, according to Coach Satake, is going to be contact tracing. Honestly, they need to get that figured out because they are trying to make sure that everybody stays healthy and they want to make sure everything goes smoothly from here on out. So let's let you hear first Kalani Satake on the biggest hurdle for BYU as they move forward with COVID-19. As far as we know, you know, we still have some more tests to go this week, but everyone's still in play right now as we go towards the game. Obviously, we had some education purposes and understanding the, the, the virus a little bit more. And it's really not too difficult to understand, except for the part with contact tracing. Uh, we have to be mindful of, of, of the situation. What's difficult is when guys test positive, their whole apartment has to shut down in quarantine. And aside from us trying to keep our masks on, even at home as apartments, I don't know if anything could have been done differently than, than moving these guys to studio apartments at the beginning of the year. I think understanding the contact tracing a little bit more and, and being able to adjust to that is going to be the key for us. And uh, we've done that. We've, we've made some adjustments. Um, we have guys that are married that the apartments that that do live together, we, we have to be mindful of that and be smart in how we approach the season and approach each game in each week. And so going to this week, we'll, we'll have to make adjustments if we don't have everyone available. And that's just part of the season this year. There you go. Kalani Satake talking about obviously the contact tracing method and to be honest with you guys, I would be lost trying to figure out exactly what contact tracing is all about, how you figure it out, who you need to contact, all of those different things that go into it. But additionally, the first thing you heard there, all players are still in play for this game against Troy. It's all a matter of them being able to get the negative tests required and also finish those quarantine periods. 10 days if you're a positive test, 14 days if you were exposed via contact tracing, etc. to get cleared to play in this game. I'm hopeful BYU is a full roster against Troy. I also believe that BYU is preparing with multiple contingency plans with players. If they're not available, who do we go with, etc. All those different things that go into it. I think the Cougars' depth at multiple positions is going to be a benefit to them. Obviously, you've already lost guys like Matt Bushman for the season. That's going to hurt your depth at tight end. But I think the good news is, is BYU is relatively deep at multiple positions, and they should be able to handle any and all losses you would hope. Troy is going to be a pretty tough opponent. They're a tricky team. They come off a win over Middle Tennessee State. You know, they'll be riding high after that blowout win as they come to Provo, their second road game in as many weeks. They're going to be looking to get another pelt, uh, quote-unquote, to tack onto the wall for the Sun Belt. They've had a good start to the season as a conference, and, you know, Troy wants to add to that uh, with this game on Saturday night. One other note from Kalani Satake is that he actually is still worried about some guys in terms of dings and dents coming out of the Navy game. Here you go. A little bit of both, I guess. I mean, we've had some guys that were banged up even from the Navy game. We still have to evaluate and see if they can return today in practice. And then we have some that, that you know, we'll have to clear and, and, and with testing and everything and, and away we go. But I, I mean, I, I, I can't answer that question fully right now because there's about four different answers in there. I'm interested to hear who those players are. And of course, we'll have our practice insiders and our sources passing that information to us all week long as they're down there at practice, feeding us information. We'll bring those to you as we learn more. I do know that Pepe Tanuvasa, the one player we saw limp off the field against Navy, 
He's expected to be full go. I don't think BYU would have put them out in the post game uh, to speak to the media if he wasn't healthy. They obviously would be trying to protect him at that point, but everything I've heard about him is he should be healthy. So we'll be sure to report on anything that comes forward with regards to injuries and the like. I, one thing to note there as well is that Kalani's talking about the fact, you know what, it's just a matter of how quickly these guys can clear quarantine and get the negative tests so that way they can rejoin the roster. I think this week's practicing practices, excuse me, not practicing, practices for BYU will be very interesting to hear more about because obviously they're going to be guys in and out of the lineup. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how BYU shuffle th- shuffles things going forward. One other thought for you guys from Kalani Satake is he was talking a lot about COVID-19 yesterday, understandably. A lot of questions, a lot of people trying to get details on this. Well, he talked about the fact, you know what? We can control what we can control, and that is making sure that we're as safe as possible out there. Well, okay, with that, before I go too far, here you go. Kalani Satake talking about controlling the controllable. It's so unpredictable that you, you can do everything right and still, still contract the virus, and so... Uh, right now, what we're dealing with, we just have to be able to be ready to get the best guys on the field that we're deal- dealing with and then, you know, adjust if we need to make any transitions along the way. And I was really impressed with the team and the way that they took the uh, change of plans from last week and postponing that game against Army to, to the transition that they're making now. And I, I see a lot of improvement in the way that they're doing things. But uh, these guys have always been, um, you know, going with the, with the flow of things. And right now, the flow of things is all leading on our sports medicine department in our administration, whatever they, they ask of us, we do. And it's never been an issue for us. Now uh, we can't control what everybody else does, but we can control what we do and, and, and play our part in trying to make this right. Get all the guys on the field. It's a very valid point that coach Satake made right at the front of that clip saying that, you know what, you could do everything right. And a simple exposure could give you this virus. I believe that BYU, they have handled things in the right way. They understand the risks that their players face when they leave the student-athlete building, they leave the locker room, go to class on campus, and they do have to go to class on campus. I know a number of them, if not the vast majority of them, are doing their classes online to protect themselves in that way. But you can do everything right, as he said, and still get this virus. The good news is BYU is trying to really figure things out and make sure that they have their ship all tightened up as they move forward with the season. Uh, one final thought here from Kalani is that he had an interesting note to talk about how BYU is going to move forward from this and just avoid having a repeat of the situation, if at all possible. We're in a good spot. I mean, obviously, we'd love to keep playing every week, you know, and that's that's the plan from here on out. But we just had a little hiccup last week, and, and uh, the guys are, I think they're chomping at the bit. They're ready to get back on the field. And it being the home opener here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, the guys are really excited to play in front of the fans. It's a hiccup, folks. BYU understands, you know what, we goofed up, and we are trying to get things back under control, and it sounds like things are trending in the right direction. They're back on the practice field as a team this week. They're getting ready for their home opener against Troy. Hopefully you'll be among one of the 6,000 who will be in the stands at Lavelle Edwards Stadium Saturday night. I'm eagerly looking forward to covering the game. I'll be doing so for my station, the Zone Sports Network. Should be a fun night of football at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. And like I said, if you have an opportunity to be there, I hope I see you guys there. And we'll give you a socially socially distanced wave from the press box or some such. But regardless, good news is BYU is on track to play Saturday night and looking forward to that game. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we'll catch you guys up on everything going on in BYU sports news. A couple of depth chart notes 
from their weekly game notes that BYU put out yesterday, as well as a recap of how former Cougars did in the NFL over week two of the NFL season, as well as a new team for Kyle Collinsworth, the former BYU Cougar Cager, now going to be heading overseas to Asia to play his next uh, stop in pro basketball. We'll get to all of that here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, a reminder for you guys, if you haven't done so already, please leave us a rating and review of this podcast. I actually came across a couple more polos, some BYU polos, as well as a couple other warm weather gears, uh, warm weather gear, excuse me, not gears, warm weather gear for BYU that are BYU Nike material, BYU Nike gear. I have done some giveaways this summer. I've got a couple more pieces of BYU gear. If you are interested in doing so, I will enter you guys into a drawing to win those. The way you enter to win, leave us a rating and review. A five-star rating on Apple Podcasts as well as a couple of sentences or so of what you like about the podcast. I don't care what you have to say. I love your guys' feedback. But if you guys do so, you guys will be entered to win some of this BYU gear. And we'll make sure to do that giveaway here in the next little bit. So get your name entered now by leaving us that rating and review. And a big thank you for your continued support of us here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. As we close out a Tuesday edition of the show, let's run down some of the news and notes you need to know about BYU football. Let's start off with the Cougars and their depth chart this week. There is no or between Baylor Romney and Jaron Hall at quarterback behind Zach Wilson. As I've reported, the Jaron Hall is dealing with a hip issue that may end his season prematurely. Obviously, Baylor Romney, as I reported, had already taken the backup job for his own. Wishing nothing but the best for Jaron and hoping he stays healthy, but we'll see what happens with that. Additionally, yesterday during a coordinator's corner, Jeff Grimes said that they thought that Sione Finau would be back within the next two to three weeks, if not sooner. I have been told that he could be as cleared as early as this week. That was a couple weeks back. The good news is he is on the way back to join Lopini Katoa and Tyler Algier as BYU's three-headed monster at running back, and I think it's a good list of guys to have there. Tight end for BYU this week, Isaac Rex, predictably is your starter. Lane Lunn, a little bit of a surprise there, but he's been a revelation during fall camp. The junior college transfer is the backup at tight end. Then a couple of the notes for you guys looking on the defensive side of things is that Chris Wilcox still listed as the starter at cornerback alongside Keenan Ellis for the Cougars. Wilcox did not play against Navy. Has he been cleared in time to play Troy this week? Of course, we'll see. Troy Warner and Zane Anderson, your starters at safety for BYU. I determined a mild surprise that Zane Anderson and Troy Warner, your starting safeties, after we saw Troy play pretty effectively at cornerback for BYU. But maybe that's an indication that the coaching staff is higher on his abilities at safety, and maybe you're going to make him move back to safety, and we'll see what happens there. One other note for you is that Micah Harper has entered the depth chart for the first time. He was injured early on in fall camp, but him entering the depth chart is actually very good news. The freshman out of Arizona uh, is listed as a co-backup at left cornerback behind Chris Wilcox alongside Hayden Livingston. So good to see Micah Harper entering the depth chart this week. So there you go. Kind of the updates on what you need to know in terms of BYU and their depth chart. I guess one other note for you is a kick returner this week. The starters are Caleb Christensen and Miles Davis, two freshmen at kick returner. We'll see how true that holds in the game on Saturday night. All right, a couple of the notes for you guys. is a big congratulations to Kyle Collinsworth. He has added a new team to his list of teams he's played for. He's headed over to Japan to play in the Japanese B-League and looking forward to seeing how he does over there. Kyle obviously was a guest here on the podcast, but really cool to see him getting his opportunity to continue 
continue his pro career. He'll be playing for the Mikawa Seahorses. Now, that is a great nickname, the Seahorses in Japanese B-League. Looking forward to seeing how he does. Mr. Triple Double himself, I'm sure he'll be racking those up over there in Japan and looking forward to seeing how he does for the Cougars in Japan. So big congratulations once again to the Big Rush of Five. You can follow him on Twitter if you want to follow him there or also on Instagram. All right, final thing before we go on today's show, let's catch you up on how week two for former Cougars in the NFL went. We'll start off with Kansas City, the Chiefs uh, facing off against the Los Angeles Chargers. We had two former Cougars in this game on either side, on the defensive side for each team. Former BYU safety Daniel Sorensen had four tackles in a quarterback hurry to help the Chiefs in their overtime win over the Chargers. Um, Michael Davis, to his own credit, actually a really good game in this, had a pass breakup in this game, had a good showing as well, despite the loss for the Chargers in that one. In the San Francisco 49ers, 31-13 blowout of the New York Jets. Well, Fred Warner stayed healthy because everybody else on the 49ers got injured. And if you can't tell, I'm a bitter 49ers fan. But regardless, good to see Fred Warner. He had a team-high 12 tackles, including nine solo stops for the Cougars in that victory. Harvey Longy played on the other side for the New York Jets, had one tackle on special teams for the Jets as they fell to 0-2. Both Bronson and Corbin Kafusi remain on the practice squad for the Jets this week, hoping to see them move up to the active roster at some point here in the relatively near future. Uh, Buffalo beat Miami 31-28. Kyle Van Noy was playing for the Dolphins, had four tackles, a pass breakup, and forced a fumble in the loss for the Dolphins as they fell to 0-2. But things are looking up, I think, for a guy like Kyle Van Noy and hoping that he can help really get the Dolphins back on track here. Jamal Williams had 63 yards on eight carries in Green Bay's 42-21 route of Detroit. Congratulations to him. Jamal just continues to be Mr. Reliable. I think so many people with Green Bay think that he is going to be left out of the rotation. He's going to be let go, as we heard rumors of earlier on this past offseason. Jamal just gets things done. I think Aaron Rodgers trusts him in pass protection and also trusts him to pick up tough yardage. And a big congratulations to him on the solid showing there. A couple final notes for you is that Cleveland beat Cincinnati 35-30 on Thursday night football. Sione Takitaki made his second start in the NFL, had five tackles in that win on Thursday night football. And then finally, last night, the New Orleans Saints uh, losing to the Las Vegas Raiders 34-24. Taysom Hill, a relatively quiet night in this game. Just two carries for eight yards, really his only uh, notable statistic in the in the box score of this game. Played a myriad of positions. We saw him at wide receiver, fullback even. I think fullback might be a new one. If I'm mistaken, let me know. But I think fullback is a new position for him. We saw him play all over the field once again. He's still the backup to Drew Brees and Boy, did Drew Brees struggle in this game. So who knows what's going to happen for Taysom down the road, but he's still playing that Mr. Do-Everything role. So best of luck to him and the Saints as they look to rebound this coming week in the NFL. All right, one final, final thing I should have noted with the San Francisco 49ers and Fred Warner earlier is yesterday reports emerged that Ziggy Ansah, Ezekiel Ansah, his given name, will be signing with the San Francisco 49ers on a one-year deal. They lost Nick Bosa to an ACL injury, their star pass rusher. Solomon Thomas, another defensive lineman, reported last night that he has suffered an ACL injury. So a big opportunity for Ziggy to come in and hopefully make an impact for the 49ers. The biggest concern for Ziggy, it's been that way for a couple of years now, is making sure that he is fully healthy and stays healthy game in and game out. The 49ers believe in him. He has visited with San Francisco twice uh, throughout this summer, was unable to come to terms on a deal previously, was kind of waiting for a good opportunity. 
Well, it appears that opportunity has manifested itself with San Francisco. I'm excited as a 49ers fan to see both him and Fred Warner on the same defense, but I wish Ziggy nothing but the best as he gets ready for another season in the NFL, and hopefully he can come in and have the impact he's looking for and maybe earn himself another long-term extension as he tries to extend out his days as an NFL player. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the show. A big thank you once again for joining us each and every day. Follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Search out Locked On Cougars. You'll find us there. My personal Twitter feed if you want to follow me for more updates on everything going on in sports, including BYU, I am at Jacob C. Hatch. And feel free to email the show anytime. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address to contact us here. Big thank you once again for supporting the show as always. I hope you guys are all doing well, staying safe, being smart. And you know what? It's game week. Let's get ready for Troy this coming Friday. Not Friday, Saturday night, excuse me. We have Friday the following week against Louisiana Tech. But regardless, football is on the way. We'll have it all covered for you going forward here on the podcast. Big thank you once again for your support. Have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for September 22nd, 2020. We will talk to you guys tomorrow.